was a shoe that was a collaboration between Virgil and Nike and MoMA, Museum of Modern Art. God. And you could only get it at MoMA. At MoMA, of course, yeah. And it came with MoMA socks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so that- we're going. Yeah. I would would kill to be in that room with that mood board and the MoMA guy shows up. Dial it back. Dial why it is back. there? Why is there stitching on the side? <laughs> That's not the color of the rest of the. Stitching. I can't put this next to this orb Bluetooth. Guys, we're not speaker. The, here's what. Here's what I hear in my head. Guys, we're not the Whitney. <laughs> exactly. Okay, come on. Just everybody brings their bullshit yeah, to this meeting. This it's not what is this some uh, Rauschenberg nonsense. Yeah. I don't Are have, you no. serious about that color? I don't know. I liked yeah. it. I liked rectilinear a lot yeah. better. Yeah. Let's let's stay below Houston, can yeah. we? <laughs> let's stay below Houston. <laughs> Matthew is uh, one of the numerous talented designers here at Postlight. Matthew is one of the angels of design. Like those baby angels, like yeah. coming out of the clouds oh, yeah. and the they paintings? They sit on top of the TV in little ceramic figurines. That's you. That's how I see you. All right, leave yeah. the guy alone. I like that. I like that. <laughs> so we should do this more. I'm just going to say that right now. Well, we have a, a group of people who are very into things. Yes. They're into, not not like physical things, but st- I mean, they, they have the stuff that they really care about and get obsessed about. Which I love. Yeah, I mean, we I all, love talking we to people that. about the stuff they obsess over. I mean, this is always my fantasy starting the company. I love any group of obsessives is always really entertaining on a day-to-day basis. So first of all, Matthew, you're a very good designer for us. You're very practical, very hardworking, but you're also super into sneakers, but really sneaker culture, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a really interesting uh, world that, that I kind of fell into. So the aesthetic and beauty of shoe wear, like, isn't really your thing. I enjoy them. I also really dislike a lot of shoes that, that a lot of people love. I shouldn't be saying this, but like some, you know, Jordans, a lot of the Jordans are real ugly. A lot of the shoes that Nike comes out with, a lot of the shoes that Adidas come out with them. I'm relatively disinterested in part of it is cultural surrounding the kind of context to these to these items who are they coming from are they a collaboration with someone that is really interesting to me a collaboration with someone break that down i mean you all have heard of of the yeezy kanye west shoe Okay, so Kanye West has a sneaker line. Who, yes. Who makes Kanye West's sneakers? So Adidas makes Kanye West okay. sneakers. So one day Kanye West and Adidas sat down, had coffee. Kanye said a lot of really terrible things. A lot and, of really terrible and things. Then, and then Adidas went, great. Yeah. Uh, well, we have lots of factories in China, so why don't we do this? Yep. Or I don't know China, but Malaysia or whatever. By the way, it wasn't even a meeting. They just yeah. heard it noise out the window. Right. right. And they went and looked. And it, and it was yeah, Kanye. Yeah. It was, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was him at Dominique Anzel. That's right. <laughs> waiting for a cronut and yelling. That's right. And they're like, well, and, you know, yeah. Jesus Walks is a good song. Right. So that's, like that, maybe you, a shoe comes out of that too. We better get in there before um, Puma. And so. But to, to backtrack a little bit, actually, there was a Louis Vuitton collaboration that he did. He did a sneaker with Louis Vuitton. And then he did, I think, three sneakers with Nike. And then wound up with Adidas. Okay. So he has a lot of aesthetic input. Yes. But they, and then they handle the, they, I'm yeah. sure, push back and then yep. there's manufacturing yep. and distribution. And then, so like, let's assume, let's like take the part where they make the sneaker out. The distribution part is the part that we're talking about, right? Like that, that's the, what is it, the drop? The, dr- the drop. The drop. Sure. So there's a lot of sneakers in a room somewhere. Yes. And then there's this announcement that there's going to be a drop. First of all, right. how's the announcement come out? 
It depends. It depends. So the, the Yeezy announcements in particular were some of them were at retail Adidas locations. They would change the imagery on the on the windows to say the Yeezys are coming out in April. That's sort of a classic retail model. Right. Okay. Uh, sometimes you'll have a website or a section of Nike show up and it'll be, you know, adidas.com slash Yeezy or slash Kanye. And that will update with a new date. Uh, and social media um, is picking yeah, up on Twitter, it. Yeah, Twitter, like, right, right, I'm excited about the new Yeezys. And- right, so right. somebody's scanning that page constantly. Yes. And There's this- like people looking for differences in the page as oh, absolutely. little bits get published. Okay, so yeah. now we need to actually break down real quick before we even get to that part. These things have, so sneakers cost, what's a pair of Yeezys cost at the Adidas store? $220. Okay, so I go into the Adidas store, I give them my my credit card, and they're yep. like, cool, here's your sneakers, they're right. 220 And then apparently they can be worth tons more later. So you would think that that's how it works. Right? Okay. You would assume that it's maybe that easy, right? They're, they're that easy for Yeezy. They're making a bunch of shoes and people are going and buying them and, and supply is meeting demand more or less. The reality is, especially with the Yeezys, $220 shoes, the first seven or eight of those shoes, maybe more, were very difficult to get. Okay. And so a $220 shoe, part of this multi-billion dollar industry of sneakers, winds up being sold because the supply is so incredibly limited and the demand is so high. And it's so it's it's forced to be limited. Like they've right. created oh, scarcity. Of, of okay. course. Right, right. I mean Nike Because Adidas could make Nike, a billion Adidas, sneakers. Yeah. They can make a billion sneakers, absolutely. Um, okay, so there's all these models. You're you go in the store, you buy them. If you're lucky, maybe you lined up. Right. Then so there's this huge market that exists. So I'm guessing they, they increase in value after some of them, right? Yes. Like significantly? Yeah. Some of them, so those original pairs go for anywhere from fifteen hundred to two thousand. All right, so if I could get 10 pairs of Yeezys and it's the right ones, yeah. I, I made like 20 grand. Yeah. Okay. Right. So if I could get 100 pairs, I just made 200 grand. Yep. All for the cost of going in with a credit card. Right. And get it. So it's so, like it's like Bitcoin for your feet. Or or yes. also like ticket scalping, right? Like right. if I can just get there's, this thing. There's scarcity. Yeah. There's So there's a scarcity here. And it's also like, see, what's interesting here is it's a relatively cheap item that there's lots of, see, like 10,000 is a lot of something. Like right. it didn't cost them a lot to make it. It's not hard to buy if you're exactly in the right place at the right time. And then it could go up significantly in value just like that. Yeah. Okay. So now there's like a giant technological ecosystem around buying sneakers for this reason, right? Right. These releases have happened both in-store and online. So the, you know, in-store is is a is a hard a hard thing to game, more or less, insofar as you only know so many people that can come and stand in line with you. And I'm guessing you can't, you can only buy one right. or two pairs. Generally, releases like this, they only allow you to buy one pair. Okay. So people, I mean, people show up with their parents or their siblings or their, you know, estranged family members or friends to buy more. And they'll um, camp out. And right. We'll, we'll camp out. Right. This is wait, great. wait. Like, they will camp people, out. People will camp out. Yeah. For sneakers. Yeah. Overnight days. It's like, it's like Apple products. It's like when yeah. the iPhone comes mm-hmm. out. Except mm-hmm. in this case, it could appreciate in value. Right. Okay. Absolutely. When was the first like big, crazy drop of sneakers where everyone got like, when did people start to see like, Oh my God, this is how it's going. That's, that's super hard to answer both because I came into this uh, later than a lot of people, but mm-hmm. also because it, it has been going on for a while. I mean, 
since Nike's been making Jordans, people have been lining up for Jordans. So like from the 80s, Air Jordans, I remember they were like, that was the first time. Okay. Right. And then now there's like, I see Supreme as kind of the new version of whatever the hell is happening. Right, right. So Supreme started as a skateboarding company in New York. And somehow between when they started and had a skate team and made items for that skate team, made skateboards as skateboard companies do. Sure. T-shirts, et cetera. A sticker that said Supreme A sticker that said Supreme on it. That was a total ripoff of Barbara Kruger. Mm -hmm. That somehow turned into people are realizing Supreme is a thing. People in New York are realizing Supreme is a thing and going and trying to buy things and they're selling out of things. Okay. So red italicized sans serif type and here we go. Right. Exactly. And so as more people started to realize it was a thing and purchase it, and it it gained ground as a cool skateboarding company, but also they make pieces of clothing and I like what they look like and they're releasing them and I can go buy them. That somehow spun into what it is now where people are going on the website every week when they do a new release and just flooding the website with browser sessions trying to get these items that they're then going to sell for two, three, four times the price. I think I think what you have here is a business, and I think, I, I don't know the history of why, how sneakers took the leap from functional to cultural, right? I think, and I could be completely wrong, I think Dr. J, Julius Irving, the mm-hmm. basketball player, and and Larry Bird, I think Converse early days said, we're going to make a Larry Bird and Dr. J sneaker. And there's kind of a larger trend, right, of like athletes going from cool hometown celebrities to global mega superstars where everything affiliated with them. Like when Steph Curry came out with his sneaker and everybody made fun of it, I don't follow basketball or sneakers, but that was big news. Like I just, it it came into my world. But that then it's, it's fully baked at that point, right? Right. You're not wearing a sneaker to go play basketball in a schoolyard. You can, but it was really, it was, it became fashion. It became. Except that those look like nurse sneakers. Like it was pretty intense. What happened? They're pretty bad. The other thing before we even get to the bots, right? There is a website called StockX. Yeah. That you showed us once where you can I just, did. you can go on and, and there's like a whole market. It's like the Adidas price index is there. Yeah. So StockX is really interesting because it's, it's kind of two things in one. It Stock is X. StockX. StockX.com. Mm-hmm. StockX is a marketplace originally for sneakers, now for sneakers and certain clothing. So Supreme, things like that and watches. And they exist to facilitate the, the selling and buying of sneakers. And so much like a, a consignment shop, I have a pair of Yeezys. I want to sell them. I haven't worn them. And I want to make sure that I don't get scammed. Mm-hmm. I can go on eBay and sell them and deal with someone claiming that they're fake, which is the whole other thing. I don't want to deal with that. But if I'm a dedicated sneaker consumer, yeah. this, this, a lot of my concerns yes. are addressed by StockX as, Absolutely. as a kind of like as a platform. Right. Because okay. they have a large facility of people checking every single sneaker that comes in. Have you sold stuff? On StockX? Mm-hmm. I have sold stuff on StockX. Is it, how was the experience of selling stuff on StockX? What did you do? Did you like mail something somewhere and it goes into sneaker escrow? Like what happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you put up your price, the price that you want to sell the sneaker for. And if an ask meets a uh, an offer, they automatically facilitate that transaction. So you get a notification. It says your sneaker has been purchased. Here's a shipping label. The shoes go to Detroit, which is where they're facility is StockX. StockX. They go to StockX they go to, first. They go to StockX first. Okay. So this whole transaction is four days, okay. which is a big part of their of their marketing. So you're like, going to get your sneakers. Yeah, you're yeah. going to get your sneakers and I'm going to get my money. Yeah. 
So the second those those shoes show up at StockX, they take them out of the box, they check them, they do their authentication process, and if they're real, they wind up going to to the person who purchased them. The second that they get authenticated, you get your money. Now the uh, shoes that you sold, did you ever wear them? No. Okay, so you did you buy them as an investment or just buy them and never wear them? I bought them as a test to see if I could get through this wild system. Okay. That was this adidas.com Yeezy waiting room. Did you buy Yeezys? What did you buy? I did. Okay. They were, it was about a year ago. It was, it was beginning of 2017. And this was a, a touted to be the most limited of, of this model of the Yeezy. Which one? Which model? It was the, it was the Zebra. Was, okay. It was what it was called. Very ugly shoe. The, the V2 350. So how did you get your Yeezy Zebras? I sat on adidas.com at 10 a.m. on the day that they released sitting in a waiting room. Now we're finally getting there. First of all, what is a waiting room? Okay. So a waiting room, uh, uh, specifically in the context of adidas.com, effectively you go to the URL where the shoe is being sold. So I go to adidas.com slash Yeezy at the time that it is being released and they put you in a waiting room. And it in a says, queue. Yeah, in a queue. And it says, hey, we're releasing shoes. Mm-hmm. Wait here. Don't refresh. It's like concert tickets. Yeah. And if you get through, you'll be able to select your size and you'll be able to check out and you'll get your shoe. Got it. So I sat there, of course, a couple devices. Wait, you're in the waiting room, 10 a.m. Yeah. When did they say the, you know, the shoe doctor will see you now? It may have been noon. So a couple I, of hours. It took you're a little sitting bit. There. I just sat there and kind of let them sit and let because they're reloading by themselves. I just let them sit. And then finally got through, and and this was a, a very interesting experiment because this was the most limited shoe of, of at that point of that release of that model. Okay. So they were two hundred and twenty dollars, and I sold them for a lot more than that because they weren't worth that much to me. Come on, come on. How much money you make? More than that. Did you make? He doesn't want to share. Well, can I ask? Did you make a thousand dollars on the shoes? I made more than that. No kidding. All right, so for a couple hours of sitting there looking at your computer, which you'd be doing anyway, let's be honest, yeah. <laughs> you you made $1,000. Yeah. Okay, through StockX. Yeah. How long did you have the shoes before you sold them? Maybe two days. Oh, this was a transaction. This wow. is a pure transaction. Okay, yeah. all right. Oh, I knew, I knew. I, was, I knew that I was going to sell them. Hey, Rich. Yes, Paul. Matthew doesn't just come on this podcast and talk about sneakers. He's also a product designer here at Postlight. Matthew, what do you do all day? I work with clients to solve problems with software, uh, specifically through design. And might I add that you do it very elegantly for clients, including the Audubon Society. Mm -hmm. Beautiful app. Many hours. Great app. Check that out. Yes. Give it a good review on iTunes. And that's part of the Postlight solution. That's right. Gosh, the po- capital S. All right. Yeah. Let's move on from this marketing part. But guys, you know, people out there listening, friends out there listening, people sometimes forget that we're more than a podcast when they don't know us. Yeah. So I just want to emphasize, this is a real company where people like Matthew do real work to make real things. You can download and use our products. Yes. So don't forget that while you're enjoying the free content that we shoot into your eyeballs and brains. (laughs) I feel that's important. Let's get back to the podcast. Okay, so you were just like, all right, I'm going to play the game and see if I can win. Yeah. And then you, it actually, you won. Yeah. 
Okay. So now the reason we started having this conversation or one of the reasons was that somebody was telling me about this and you're like, oh yeah, there's a whole world of bots. There's, there's a lot to it. Okay. Uh, so because of, of this, again, it's a, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. Well, sneakers. now you've just described the marketplace. It's a, it's a, well, so because of this multi-billion dollar industry and supply that doesn't meet with demand, there's now a billion dollar secondary market that yeah. StockX is, is participating in, that eBay is participating, that people are, are using platforms to sell sneakers. They're well, there's a low cost of entry. Right. It's connected to street culture. Like yep. there's a whole, there's an element of hustle a lot, to a it. A lot yep. adds up. And I mean, there's a key thing you just described, which is the big, you've got this marketplace over here. You've got this waiting room here. You can automate this or you could theoretically. Absolutely. So there are a lot of different kinds of sneaker bots that, that you can get. And it depends on the shoes that you're looking for. Are you looking for Nikes? Are you looking for Adidas? Some bots do all of them. Some bots only do websites that use Shopify. Some bots only work on, on jailbroken iPhones and because they work on, on the Nike sneakers app. So you have to understand what you're looking for. And then dependent on that, there are a number of options available. A lot of these are downloaded and run on your computer. And effectively, most of these bots are automating the checkout process, but they're also acting as page monitors. And they're also sometimes automating or farming out CAPTCHA. Some of them are run on servers. Some of them are, are using uh, basically headless browsers and proxies, depending on the location of, of where this is coming out. So sort of everything you can do yeah. with the web has yep. ended up in sneaker bot development territory. Yeah. Okay. And so you, but you buy them, you said. Yeah, you have to buy them and they are also limited and difficult to buy. And so there are also bots for bots. All right, wait, wait, wait. Well, you've got the, the web changing constantly. Right. And those, those bots have to continue. But wait, to, they're limited, like they'll only sell you 500 bots? They'll release licenses for the bots very sparingly to, to both avoid the bot not working, right? Because the more right. people who have it, the less shoes you can oh, get. Interesting. So I'm going to sell you guys this expensive bot but I'm only going to sell 500 copies so that you know that not everybody can get in there and you're going to continue to win. Right. Oh, my God. It also signals out to Adidas, you know, oh, my God, there's like 11 million of these. We got to change the code. That right. is true. So you, so you want to break keep, keep the, the signal quiet. Easily. Yeah. What's it cost to buy a bot? So there, there are some open source ones, mm -hmm. which are free. They generally range in the hundreds if you're buying them straight from Whoever makes them. So a couple hundred bucks. A couple put hundred in, bucks. I put in my credit card, I get a bot. Let's say I want a bot and I can't get it and I really want a shoe that's coming out. Some people rent their bots. Okay. For a few hundred dollars. Wow. Some people sell their bots for thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. So God, there, this is there the same options. as online advertising. It's just ground up around sneakers. Yeah. Yeah. The whole internet is sneakers. Oh my God. Wow. I, I think we should we should step back a second and ask why this value has been created. There's a lot of scarcity in the world, right? I mean, sneakers have always been interesting, but why has a marketplace with a lot of money flowing through it even been created? I have a theory. We actually did another podcast on this. We are now exposed to, I'll just call them digital objects, more than types of physical objects. In fact, there was a day I used to go to Blockbuster Video. Do you guys know what, do you know what Blockbuster Video is? Paul does. Yeah, of course. Okay. It's to rent movies. When Rambo 3 came out, you, if you didn't know the guy at Blockbuster who 
put one aside for you. Like four months. It was a whole process to just get the rental, right? And that scarcity was based on the physical object. They just, the, the means weren't there to just blast the thing out to millions of people. And I think what you have today, right, is between the, let's call it the album digital object or the film digital object or the TV show digital object is the, the notion of scarcity is, is exploded, right? Uh, Netflix will just pour content over your head until you drown in it. And so there's, there's no, the, the perceived value is gone around the thing. And I think what this is, is almost in a way a reaction to it because you actually have this thing you can cherish in a weird way because not everyone has it. There's just, you know for a fact because of the marketplace that there's just not a lot of them. Well, it ties into that fundamental, like, I want to look cool in front of my friends. And there's that. And there's, and there's that angle to it. That right? aspect of that sort of raw capitalist consumption part of street culture got really into the brains of cool, rich, young kids mm-hmm. yep. who are like, oh, yeah, $1,500 for a cool pair of sneakers. That's no big deal. Yeah. I'm a DJ. Right. And my parents are funding, <laughs> you know, the next right. 30 years of my college education. Right. right. In- Which must have been who purchased those $1,600 Yeezys from me. Do you think they're wearing them? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, think so. so. The buyer is wearing them? I think so. Or is the buyer I hope selling? So. I don't know, man. I, I could see it not putting it on the wall. You no, think people are just, just gonna, they're thinking about it as an asset that I, will increase in value. I'm can sell I sell this for $3,000. Can I tell you all what happened with the market for that specific shoe shortly after it was purchased I mean, from me for $1,600? That was my next question anyway. They released a ton more of them. Oh. Oh. Uh, so you moved fast with your two-day window. Yeah. I mean, it was it, it was not immediately. It was maybe a few months later, but they flooded the market with okay. a ton of them. And now they you can buy them for yep. slightly above retail. Yeah. So I think, too, it's not such a big market that serious, like, giant players are really deeply invested in No, it. no, it's so, not. So it stays kind of ground level. And even the fact that there is this whole sneaker culture and the bots and so on becomes part of the mystique. Like, the, the marketplace is now connected to the big public branding event. Yeah. And that's really interesting because you're what you know, because Adidas knows all of this, right? They, Absolutely. They, they have Google, too. Yep. And so they're seeing this growing marketplace as feeding into their overall like big brand efforts. Right. And so it's like, you know, Matthew at some level is pulling off the digital strategy around perceived value in the Adidas and Yeezy brand for them. Yes. By getting into the waiting room, doing this, doing the, cause doing the resale. Yeah. I mean, but the thing is the interest is that, I mean, one of the key points is that demographically you've got teenagers who fully understand that everything's disposable everything my instagram my snapchat this is one of the few things that remains truly cool and rare at the same time like the yeezy shoes are almost like they're like the chain smokers of sneakers right like it gets really really detailed with like artists collaborating and and like like what would be an obscure sneaker that we would never have heard of like a third rate like forward for no i don't think it's that i think there's like weird collaborations that people do yeah. right and then there's like you can only get it at one store in the lower east side yeah yeah no, that's there was a there was a sneaker recently tangential to to kanye west one of his cohort uh named virgil ablo who collaborated with nike to release this collection originally called the 10 because it was 10 different sneakers with nike which spawned into a number of other collaborations with nike outside of that 
specific 10 shoes. And then he was he was named the uh, creative director of Louis Vuitton. So those have those have increased in value since. But there was one of uh, one of the shoes that came shortly after that with Nike uh, was a shoe that was a collaboration between Virgil and Nike and MoMA Museum of Modern Art. God. And you could only get it at MoMA. At MoMA, of course. Yeah. And it came with MoMA socks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so that we're going. Yeah. Okay. So there is. Are there like indie sneaker manufacturers? Like we talk a lot about like Nike, Adidas, you know, but like, is that a scene too? To an extent, but it's, it's definitely not. People just don't have the resources to, to, you know, if something. Making 10,000 sneakers is hard. Yeah. Yeah. There was a guy in uh, the late nineties or the early two thousands who made this, it was called the air menthol. Okay. He realized that the Newport, Mark was very similar to the Nike swoosh uh-huh. oh, and <laughs> made a shoe That's cool. with that, that Mark on it, that yeah. sort of upside down swoosh on the side called them the air menthol made, I think maybe 200 pairs. He made, he had, he made them himself. Oh, this right, has so got to be just a big middle finger to everybody. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. Nike thought it was funny. Newport or their their parent company no, hated no, it. Tobacco's angry. And sued also, him. <laughs> tobacco can't mess with anything athletic. They get real scared. Yeah. Yeah. And tobacco's right. just stressed out constantly. Yeah. So wait, I want to buy this shoe today. How much? Oh, you can't. You can't. I mean, it's, uh, they pop up in, on eBay every now and then for thousands of dollars. Yeah. He doesn't just, even have a pair. Part of his part of his settlement was he cannot have a pair of the shoes. Oh wow. Uh okay. So, so it, it ends up in a kind of like shepherd fairy like yeah. obey giant thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. You know what's more valuable than what I call manufactured scarcity. Like Adidas consciously decided to make 5000 and it creates scarcity is unintentional scarcity. When you didn't plan it. Do you guys know what the Paul Newman Rolex is? No. So uh, Paul Newman was into race cars and Rolex approached him. He's like, you know what? We're, you know, golden diamonds. We want to enter this sort of sports lifestyle outdoors thing. And they pulled him in. It became part of the branding and they were like magazine ads and whatnot. Was Rolex Rolex at that point? Rolex is Rolex. Okay. So, and it kind of flopped. Right. So, it didn't do well because people didn't associate whatever reason. It just wasn't a huge success. And so years later, when it came back out and it's this kind of different Rolex. It's got a white face, black sort of circles on it. It's a different look. And now today, it actually turned out to be years ahead of its time. So they decide, I don't know who decides. I don't know who. Oh, it was his fa- It's a family member, actually, decides to put his watch up. This is a, a Rolex Daytona that he owned. Like he, it was his, he wore it. And it goes up, I think Sotheby's or Christie's. Do you know how much this thing went for? Again, unintentional scarcity. How much was, how much was it retail? The watch? Yeah. When it first came out. Probably, probably a couple. Seven. Well, with an inflation, maybe $8. Yeah. It was, it was probably like a couple hundred bucks. Probably a few really? hundred bucks, maybe a thousand dollars or something. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to guess... $100,000. It went for $19 million. Yeah. Well, see, watches for, are very specific. Like, watches are rich people catnip. <laughs> it really so, is. Like, it really is. But yeah. th- just to be clear, there is, this is an absolute outlier. There is no, nothing. It's actually, I think, from a, 
from a just a general auction history thing, it was just so far out of bounds of anything like it. And I think it's just because there's one. There's a Paul Newman well, then Rolex. You, you want to be the incredibly rich person. And there's who like has a little that. bit of his it's... DNA on it and shit, he was handsome. Oh, it's just no. a whole It's just cool because right. if you buy that, you become Paul Newman. It's right. how yeah. maybe the Paul Newman Rolex will also make me handsome. It's the magic of infinite you, money. Is somebody putting that on? I don't know. Oh, who. and a Russian oligarch is putting that on on his boat. Uh, I got to find out who put it on. Right. Wait, he's right. putting it on himself or on the boat? <laughs> it's actually, it's on the prow. I just think it's cool that there is this appreciation for the thing that there isn't endless amounts of. Well, right. There's a, there's a, there's a, a, there's a separation between how widespread it can be on social media. You can see photos of the shoe everywhere. Exactly. But you walk out into Manhattan. Manhattan's a bad example because we have a lot of people who Manhattan. have that stuff here. Yeah. yeah. But you go to Ohio and you're not going to see that. Yeah. Well, also, we're in a weird place because our the distribution points for this incredibly unique IP are there's multiple ways. Like if you're living in in Cleveland, you don't get to participate in many big right. sneaker culture moments. Right. Uh, Nike's sneakers app has a geofenced functionality. It's a it's a sort of release called That's- the stash and it checks your device's location and it gives you a gyroscopic view at something on the phone and you have to figure out physically where that is mm-hmm. and you show up there mm-hmm. and they have a Bluetooth beacon and proximity to that Bluetooth beacon allows you to purchase that shoe well, so on the phone. When we're having our kids play Pokemon Go, we're training them to yes. be sneaker drop consumers. Yes. I want to close it with this question. I'll pose it to both of you. This has happened with, I mean, sneakers drove technology here. Watches are kind of weird because they're, they're too high end. I don't think you're going to see the same kind of Watches are equivalent embracing. to like art. There's a lot of crappy art and then there's right. yeah, really expensive. Ex- exactly. The pieces. craft behind it and whatnot. Yeah. What other thing can fuel something like this? Album LPs had this kind of vibe. Absolutely. And, and right. that's gone because everything is literally. Well, I mean, everywhere. I think, but it's that, right? It's like, where could you create scarcity where there is the demand? So sneakers is one way. Yeah. Music releases, I mean, you know, people put things on cassette still. So it, it's it's creating an environment in which scarcity is possible. Live music, maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, that's still really experience. big, right? I, I, what, what if a, a film came out, uh, sort of this, you know, unknown director and and puts the money into it, it will only be shown a thousand times. No, that and happens. That w- There's an art film of dudes petting their cats in downtown saying she's a talker and no one can see it. It's like 80 dudes petting their cats saying she's a talker. What do you mean no one can see it? They, it? It's been shown like once or twice. It ended up online for like five minutes. It has been erased from the internet. And it's by like, design, it's a, that yeah, is yeah. the goal. That's is the that I'm going to well, let you experience this and you'll never experience it again. Exactly. There was there was the Wu-Tang album that Martin Shkreli purchased. That's right. That Correct. no one could listen to. Correct. You had to That's purchase right. it for a million dollars. We That's, find, as a species, we find scarcity. I think it's be, really exciting. And I right. think it's because we're like, I want it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, we like having access to everything. Yeah. And, right. And then we get really excited about rich people having access to things we don't. And then we're like, why don't I have it? Right. Yeah. And me having access to the thing puts me closer to the rich people. Right. And then you're playing with that as a person who's like investigating this culture because you have access you had easy access to get the sneaker. You're like, all right, a couple hours. Then you get a little money out of it. It's not just a couple hours. You have to have the smarts like, and understand how the game works. There's and that part sure. too, right? 
But it's interesting for you. It's a form of play. Like, I mean, it's great that you made some money, but it, like, that's not. It wasn't life changing yeah. money, for right? You, and right? and just to be clear, though, the the goal overall for sneakers with me is is to is to obtain the ones that I want and to and to have them. I, I enjoy certain sneakers. So this um, is a good point. What are yes. you? So you like sneakers? You want to wear them? I like sneakers and I want to wear them. I I really am not in the business of purchasing them and selling them. Well, then that's that's my last question for you. Yeah. What's your favorite shoe right now? That's a great question. Unsurprising to anyone who may hear this, who is at all aware of of this collaboration or this uh, you know sneaker culture right now, I really do like the collaborations that Virgil Abloh has done with Nike, the ten and the and the the more recent uh, shoes. There are some Jordan ones in uh, a colorway called the UNC after the university, and they're like a white and light blue shoe. They've just been butchered by his by his aesthetic, but they're very cool looking. And so those are coming out at some point. What are you wearing? What are you wearing right now? Uh, I am wearing Nike Air Max 98s. Are they comfortable? They're very comfortable. Paul's trying to be practical. That's they're not almost what this is about Paul. <laughs> All right, Rich, good show. That was fascinating, actually. I love that we hire people who are into stuff that is bigger than the stuff they do here that's, well, that's the, the, broader exactly it's it's also uh there's a passion behind it you don't you don't find talented people who don't also have one or two of these things well going. The, the energy's got to go somewhere right? you got to think about something exactly right? it's a way to see and understand the world like sneakers aren't just footwear they're also a marketplace a way to understand capitalism a yeah. design thing like right i love that part of it no it's not just that, just the way it forced tech. Tech just can't help but infect it's the also, thing. It's a good reminder not to dismiss things, right? Like, sure. this is a big-ass world. It really is. All right, well, thank you to Matthew for coming on, and uh, you guys all know what to do. Hello at postlight.com. Send us an email. Say hi. Bye.